preaching the message on prayer this morning is what he's going to be preaching on. And um, I just have a question that I hope you're going to, you're going to you know, answer during this, this sermon. Um, a, a few years ago, when Quinn was four or three, it's all a blur now, um, we lost him at Walmart. And um, we immediately began to pray that we would find him. And we, we found him, obviously, because he's here with you today. But it, but it was a very, very, you know, kind of one of those moments where you go to the Lord in prayer. Where is he at, Lord? Help us find him. I don't want to lose my child, all that kind of stuff like that. So my question for you is, um, there, there's a place in the Bible where Mary and Joseph were on the way back to Jerusalem because they had lost Jesus. And I was wondering what that prayer was like. Hmm. Guess we'll have to find out. All right. Well, he's going <laughs> to... He's going to try to answer that for us, so let's give him a hand. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, usually, I'm the one working with the teens, and Pastor Phillips the one up here preaching. Today, we kind of flopped it a little bit, and not only was he just working with the teams, teens, but he was also leading in worship. I think that's really cool just that a pastor would be willing to do that and has the talent to do that. And it's kind of a jack-of-all-trades like that. So that's really cool that Pastor Philip is doing that today. Um, we have a good pastor. And we have a good pastor, especially if... <laughs> if he's letting me take over uh, the pulpit for the day. So definitely have a good pastor. Um, yeah, so most of you who have been here within the last year know that every time that I preach, I preach on spiritual warfare. Well, the last time that I preached, um, I kind of ended, it was, it was the, the full armor of God is what we're going through, and I kind of ended that, that series. But if you don't know, in that whole passage, there's a little bit, a few verses left, and it's on prayer, and I just couldn't finish there. I had to finish it out with prayer. So that's what today's message today is about, is about prayer. And so we're going we're gonna to be getting into that. But you, you think about the idea of prayer, and um, a lot of times we just, we treat it so flippantly. We treat it as it's just, you're just talking to God, or, you know, it's just before a meal, or it's just, you know, before you, you say your prayers before you go to bed. Um, when I was in Bible college, um, it was how we told people no. You're thinking, like, no? Well, someone would, would come up to you, and they'd say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to be doing such and such ministry over here, and we, need, we really need some help, and we just need some volunteers, and would you be willing to help us do this? And the answer was always, I'll, I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. Because you sounded so much more spiritual telling someone, no, I'm not going to help out with a ministry by saying, I'll pray about it and get back with you. Uh, because, you know, I'll let God tell me that answer, right? So a lot of times we, we get kind of flippant with how we think about prayer. And honestly, a lot of times, one of two things happen in churches, in, in Christianity in general. You go two different ways. One is you, you don't emphasize it enough. You know, you know what it is, you hear about it, you pray, but you don't really hear a lot of messages about it. You don't really go in depth about it, what prayer is. And the other side of the uh, spectrum is this, because you overemphasize it to the point that it gets so just rote and mundane. And it's just, it's just what you do. You just pray. 
And so my, my, my challenge to you guys today is as we go into this message is just think of it as something new. Just, just go into it thinking, okay, prayer. What are we going to learn? What is God going to say today about prayer? What are we going to learn about that today? Um, honestly, our church does a good job of covering the topic of prayer. Um, actually, Pastor Philip just had a message not too long ago that covered prayer. And he actually, I think he scratched one of his that he planned a year in ad- advance last year. He scratched it so I could have this opportunity to speak on prayer. So that's really cool that our church does that, that we, we do cover it. Um, but a lot of times we do. We just, you know, what, what do you do in your walk with God? How do you grow close with God? Well, you read and pray. You read and pray. You know, reading the Bible is digging into God's Word, letting Him speak to you. Praying is us talking back to God. But let's go a little further today. Let's go a little further and, and see what that, what that is, especially with the topic of spiritual warfare. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm actually using a different Bible than what I usually use um, because the page where Ephesians 6 is, it's like started to rip. <laughs> so I'm having to use a different Bible today. Um, that's really cool. So we're, gonna, we're just going to start here with the whole armor of God. We're just going to read this whole passage and go through it. It says this in um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times. So let's stop there and let's go to the Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you are. We thank you for um, just the God that you are and the freedom that you give us to, to come to you and to open up your word and to let your spirit speak to us. And Lord, I pray that you would do that this morning, that you would just help me to get out of the way and let this be your message that you bring uh, before us today. And I thank you for all that you do. Just my pray. Amen. So praying at all times. So what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of walk through these next few verses. And we're going to see what Paul says about prayer. And how that kind of how it, um, touches with spiritual warfare. You know, spiritual warfare, there's so much that has happened, happens behind the scenes. That happens in our hearts, in our spirit. And that um, the cosmic powers try to, Satan and his army tries to throw us off so, so often. And we're given this this armor to put on, and we're given the instructions to put on the, 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 sh- the shield of faith and helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. But then he says this very important thing right after he talks about all the armor that you, we need to put on is that we need to pray. Praying at all times, that first instruction there. So we think about that, praying at all times, and if we just leave it right there, 
what does that what does that really mean to pray at all times? You all know the um, the verse. It's um, First Thessalonians five five seventeen. It's a short and sweet verse. It basically says this: Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So Paul is saying in First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, and he's saying in Ephesians, pray at all times. But what does that mean for you and me to pray at all times? What does that mean for us? Does that mean that if we take that verse literally, that we're really just supposed to, we don't do anything else but pray? Or that we go through life and, and we don't do anything but just go to our knees and pray? Obviously, that's not what, what Paul is saying because it goes against what Scripture says. There's a lot of other things we're supposed to do with our life, like minister to others and like witness to others and uh, take care of our families and be good stewards with what we're given there's a lot of all these other good biblical principles. So what does it mean to pray at all times, to pray without ceasing? Well, something that I learned in school, because that's what you do, is you learn things. Um, I was taking a Greek class, and I, my Greek professor was pointing this out. And he, he basically said this, that second, or first if I could talk right. It's a hard word to say. First Thessalonians 5.17, the way that's, that's put together and the way that that is, is written and constructed is in this, this term that's called, it's in the iterative, iterative. And basically what that means is that when you look at the way this is, you don't just pray without ceasing in the sense that you're always praying, but it means that you pray often. It's something that you repeatedly come back to. You come back to, you come back to, you come back to. So the instruction there is for us to pray at all times, but is to pray often. So when something happens, we go to God and we say, all right, Lord, I need to pray right now. I need you to, to work in my heart, work in my spirit in this situation. Um, it means that we go throughout our day often praying to God, often praying about what's happening, what's going on. So it's more than just praying all the time and never doing anything else, but it's always being, being aware. It's always praying often to God. But then you, you put in this next little instruction here. It says, pray at all times in the Spirit. So it's more than just saying a prayer. It's more than just saying something rote and mundane or you know, there you have those prayers that sometimes you might, you might just recite or you know. Sometimes it's the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you go through that. But it's more than just reciting something to God. It's being in tune with him. It's being connected with him. It's praying in the Spirit. And something that's really awesome about praying in the Spirit, that's when you're connected with God. If you want to turn over to Romans um, chapter 8, we'll look at this verse real quick. Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 20, uh, 26. It says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We're instructed to pray at all times, but also to pray in the Spirit. What does that say in Romans that the Spirit is 
always looking at the Father, and the Spirit knows what we need to pray for. He knows what our weaknesses are. And even at times that we may not ourselves know what to pray for, He illuminates that, and he, he shows that to us. Have you ever been in a, in a place where maybe you've been praying, and um, you just feel like you're just, you know, you're just kind of hitting a wall. You're not really getting anywhere, and then something happens, and you, you realize that you enter in this, this place where you're, you're praying in the Spirit, and things just start coming to your mind. Oh, you know, I need, to, I need to pray about this, or this situation over here has happened. Or, you know, I know my friend who's struggling with this over here. I need to, I need to pray for him. And that's God showing us, directing us as we're praying in the Spirit, showing us where we need to go with those prayers. So if we look further in Ephesians 6, and we're flipping all over the place today, um, it says this, Pray in all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And so that word supplication, that basically means that you're going to a higher power than you and you're asking of something from that higher power. What does that cause you to do when you, you think of God who is almighty and higher than you and that you need his help and you need him to come to your rescue and help you with something? It invokes this spirit of humility. And so we humble ourselves when we go to pray. We humble ourselves when we go to God and ask of him in supplication. And then it says this, um, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance and I love this and we're going to camp out here for, for a little bit um, have you ever tried to pray more than five minutes at a time you know you just, you, you just go alright I'm going to take this time I'm going to set it aside and I'm just going just to go for it I'm just going to pray what often happens when you are trying to pray, when you are trying to speak to God longer than two, three, four, five minutes at a time? If you're like me, you get distracted. And it becomes a little bit hard to stay on, on track and, and, and focused on what you're supposed to be praying about. Um, when I was in Bible college, one of the things that a lot of our classes um, would have us do is one of the assignments was to pray for an hour. It's called, it called the hour of prayer. And sometimes what we do is we maybe journal about what we're praying about or, um, or maybe just you just take that time and you, and you write about what are the different things that, you, that God was speaking to you and how he was growing you during this time. But I know I always found myself, it was really hard to, to stay on track and to stay focused that whole time. We get, I get five minutes into the prayer and my mind would start wandering on these other different things that are happening going on. And then I get back at, I go, oh, I need to get back on track. You know, I'm kind of getting off now. And then, um, you know, probably about 20 minutes into it, uh, I'd start thinking, okay, you know, what are the next things that I got to do for the day? And, oh, no, 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 got to stay on track. Got to stay praying. And then maybe I'll start thinking, okay, you know, now I'm starting to get hungry. You know, what, what's, what kind of food can I eat? No, got to stay on track, got to keep praying. And it's so hard to take that hour and to just focus on God and just spend time with my Creator and to pray. And sometimes maybe it's because my heart wasn't in the right place or maybe I was just doing it for the grade. 
but I wasn't able to stay on track. What Paul says here, he says to keep alert. To keep alert. To stay, stay focused. Keep alert. Be aware of what's happening, what's going on around you. As I read this, one of the things that come to my mind is Jesus in the garden. And in Matthew, you can turn there if you want to. In Matthew, I think it's, it's chapter 26. Um, we're just going to look at this real quick and see, and see what happens. You know, the, this was right before Jesus was about to be persecuted. Right before he was about to be hung on a cross. And he knows what's about to happen. And he knows the weight that's there. He knows what, what this means for all of humanity. But he also knows the struggle that he's about to go through. And so he takes some disciples with him. And they go to the garden. And they begin to start praying. And let's read this. In Matthew, 20, 20, Matthew 26, um, verse 36, it says this. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your, your rest later. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. First thought that comes to my mind when I read that, keep alert, it makes me think of the disciples as they're in the garden and Jesus is praying. And they continue to fall asleep. They were not alert. They were not where they were supposed to be praying to God. They were falling asleep, falling asleep, falling asleep. But then, as I think about that, I think about something else. And this is, this is, this is my opinion on this scripture, um, but I think this, is, this might be what was happening in their hearts, is they didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't know the importance of that moment in the garden. They didn't understand why Jesus was praying the way that he was. Even though he alluded to some things and he even told them, they didn't fully understand. They were not alert to what was going on around them and to spiritually what was happening in the spiritual world, the spiritual warfare that's, that's happening around them. See, a lot of times when we are aware of what is happening around us and we, we understand how the Spirit is working and we're in tune with the Spirit and we're in tune with those situations that are going on around us, it brings a greater importance to us and our prayers are deeper 
and they're richer and they're more meaningful because we understand that God is moving in this direction and he wants me to be involved with that. And he wants me to go to him in prayer. And he wants me to lift these concerns that I have to whatever may be happening. Maybe it's a sin in my life. Maybe it's a sin in someone else's life. Maybe it's a struggle they're going through. But when we're not in the spirit and we're not staying alert of what's happening in the spiritual realm around us, our prayers aren't as deep and as rich and as meaningful as they could be. Um, <clears throat> so we'll go back to Ephesians and see what else it says. So to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So the next point of instruction that Paul gives here is this. Is he says to pray for one another. To pray for all the saints, all those around you, all the, all the Christians who are in your life, to pray for them. You know, here's the thing is, as we go through this life, as we go through um, this journey, um, we have our brothers and sisters around us who are constantly going through things that are, that are struggles, that are, are, are just burdens that they have. And we are called to help them with that. We are called to help bear those burdens with them. And we are called to pray for them. Um, you know, a lot of times, just in conversation, you'll be talking about someone and maybe something that they're going through and they say, yeah, I'm going through such and such and I really need God to do this in my life. And, and you look at them and you say, okay, well, I'll, I'll pray about that. Yeah, I'll pray about that. That's, that's, yeah. And you go home and you never really get to that point of truly praying about it. And you never get to that point and maybe you forget about it and maybe you forget what that prayer request was of theirs, um, but you don't do it. My encouragement to you today is when you tell someone that you're going to pray for them, for whatever circumstance that is, just do it. And maybe you just do it right there. Maybe you just take that very moment, and as you, you leave their side, you just send up a few prayers to God and say, okay, brother and sisters, going through this, Lord, take this, take this from them, help them with it. And you pray for them. But here's the thing is we need each other, and we need to be praying for one another. As a church, as I look around, there's so many things, so many lives, and so many intricate details in each and every one of your lives, and we need to be praying for one another. We need to, to step out and to say, you know what? Um, I know of someone who's going through this, and I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to do that. As a, as a church, that's what we need to do. But also, this next, this next instruction that Paul gives us is this. Not only to be praying for one another, but what does he say? In verse 19, it says, And also for me, that words may be given to me and open in my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So not only do we need to be praying for one another as the church and as the body, but we need to be praying for our leaders in ministry. So here's the thing is, I don't know if you recognize this or not, and I would say you probably do because our church is a great church and we are constantly doing things and you are constantly volunteering and helping and, and going, through, going through life together. But this thing that happens here on Sunday mornings is not just a one-man show or a two-man or a three-man or it's not just the elders 
um, who are making decisions and, and pushing this ministry forward. It's not just the deacons who are doing work and doing ministry. It's everyone as a church. And we as a church need to be praying together for our leadership, for those who are in this position, that God would direct them, that they would follow after, after Jesus the way that they're supposed to, so that we as a church can go in the direction that we need to. But the thing is, is that you are a part of it as well. And it is your prayers that make a difference in what we do. And it is your effort and your, um, um, your actions in praying that truly make a difference. And it truly fuels the flame of the ministry. Um, I don't know if you know of this man. His name is Charles Spurgeon. He was a pastor back in the mid-1800s. And um, there's a story about a certain instance, a certain particular thing that happened where these four college students who they were really intrigued with, with Charles Spurgeon, they really wanted to go visit his church. And so they went one day and they get there and, you know, Charles Spurgeon, he was an amazing preacher uh, in, in, in England and London during those times and people knew who he was and they, they loved to hear him preach. And so these boys, they, they come and, and they get up to the door and this man greets them and he says, um, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, would you like to go see the heating plant? And they're looking at each other going, the heating plant? What, what is the heating plant? I mean, we're, we're here at the church. We don't really care about how it's heated. Uh, what is this, the boiler, the furnace, whatever. Uh, we don't, that's okay with us, but yeah, sure, we'll, we'll come with you. And so they, they went with him to go see the heating plant. So as they get to these certain little, um, go down these hallways and get to this door, uh, the man opens the door and what they find is 700 people, men and women, who are there praying for the service that is about to happen upstairs. And they were very impressed with this, that this church realized the importance of prayer and what that means for ministry, what that means for the message that's about to happen. As they shut the door, the man looked at them who had greeted them earlier. He shook their hands and he said, I'm Charles Spurgeon, it's good to meet you. So it was Charles Spurgeon that walked them down there to show them the importance of his ministry. Yeah, he was an amazing man. He was an amazing preacher. And God did amazing things with him and the things that he did. But he realized that it was more than just him. He realized that it was the prayers of the saints. He realized it was the spirit that was working in those instances, bringing everyone together. There was power behind his prayers. There was, there was power behind his ministry because of the prayers. And that leads me to another point. And it's a little bit cliche to say this, but there's power in prayer. Do you believe that this morning, that there truly is power in prayer, that when we go to the Father, he hears us, and he can make things happen? He can direct lives. He can impact people. He can change situations. When we go to him, when we truly, truly lay our concerns at his feet. There is power in prayers. I have another story for you. And this one is, this one is interesting. Uh, not that the other one wasn't, but this one is interesting. Um, so th this past year, we took the, the teens to camp. And first off, they did awesome singing up here this morning, didn't they? Let's just, just give them a hand. Show them your support for that. We've got a, a great bunch of kids here at this church, and it's awesome to get to, to work with them and, 
and um, just see what God's doing in their life. Uh, but we went down to camp this past year. We went down in Florida uh, to Word of Life. And um, on Thursday night that we were down there, basically what they do is they have this night where it's, it's called the campfire, where everyone goes to the campfire, and it's just a, a very stripped-back time. There's no, there's, there's worship, but it's just an acoustic guitar. There's not a lot of, you know, flashing lights and that type of stuff. There's just a campfire in the background. It's all outside. Um, the speaker, he's got a microphone, but it's just, it's, it's just really stripped back. It's a really cool time uh, to get to be with, with one another and just to see how God's working. And something that, that they do is um, at the very end of that night, it's, it's a call to, to um, an invitation, basically. There's a couple of different challenges that they give, and, and one is salvation. And um, just if those teens are not saved, that they would give their life to Christ that night. Another one of those is that um, if you want to go, if you feel like God's pulling you to go into full-time ministry, then maybe that would be your decision that night. And another one is maybe you just have issues going on in your life, things that you want God to take. And that night would be the night that that, that happens. And then after everyone's made their decisions, they take a stick and they throw it in the fire. It's just, it's an awesome night. Um, but as me and Heather were sitting there, uh, the, the, the speaker, he's began, and he's, he's going through, and he's preaching. Um, something was happening that was really distracting, very, very distracting, to the point that I couldn't even hardly hear or even pay attention to what was going on, because this other thing was distracting me. And I knew if that thing was distracting me, that it was probably distracting everyone else, too. And that thing, what it was, was frogs. And in the background, there's just these frogs, they're just ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. I mean, it just, it's like this choir of frogs going on. And you couldn't hardly even hear what was going on, what was happening. And it was getting to the point, I was getting so frustrated with it. And I was just, I remember just sitting there on that bench, that wooden bench. And I said, I said, Lord, just please quiet the frogs. And I'm not kidding you, immediately, they got quiet. To the point that I was like, Oh my word. <laughs> like, did I just pray that and God actually did that? Was that just a coincidence? I don't think so. I wasn't really, I didn't really have faith that God was going to do this. I was just getting tired of the frogs. And I asked him, and he just, he just quieted them. And then they started to come back up and start ribboning again. And the choir starts back up. Like, oh my word. Like, all right, Lord, please quiet the frogs. And they stopped again. I was like, what? This is so cool. <laughs> this is awesome. And the one thing that I noticed is that it was, it was this huge pond that was kind of to our, to our right. And around the pond was just different, like, I don't know what you call a flock of frogs. Uh, <laughs> not a flock. Just a bunch of frogs. There's little groups of frogs. And it was like choirs going on. And so <laughs> I... Uh, I you would hear, you know, this little group over here would start up and this little group over here. But the ones that were closest to it, to us, they weren't, they weren't doing anything anymore. And so I said, all right, Lord, I, I can still hear them. It's still pretty distracting. Can you please quiet these frogs over here? And they stopped. I was like, this is crazy. So I looked over at Heather. I said, Heather, pray that God would quiet the frogs. She's like, what? I'm like, I know it's crazy. Just pray that God would quiet the frogs. She's like, Okay. And so I guess, I guess you prayed. I don't, uh, she's shaking her head like she did. 
what happened is it got so silent and so quiet that we were able to listen to the, the speaker and listen to what was going on. Now, finally, after all of that craziness has happened, I almost turned into like a game for me. I'm like, yeah, Lord, quiet these frogs. Yeah, let's stop. All right, quiet these frogs. Yeah. What I realized is that if God has the power to do this, I need to start praying for some of these teens. I need to start praying for these people who are here that God would work in their hearts and work in their life and work in the things that, that's going on, that, that the struggles that they're having, that God would just work. When all was said and done, um, the invitation was called, droves of teenagers came up and they either gave their life to Christ or they laid down things that they were dealing with or they went into full-time ministry. I don't know exactly all the decisions that were made, but there were tons of decisions that were made. Now, I'm not saying that it's be all because of my prayers that this happened, because they were prayers of the counselors and the youth pastors and the camp staff who were there bathing that place in prayer. But there's power in prayer. And when we as a church come together for something, and we know that it's just God's will for him to do this, and we go to him asking in that, there is power in that. And so that's my challenge to you today as a church, is one, get in tune with the Spirit. Get in tune with the Spirit. Go to God. Pray without ceasing. Keep alert as you're going, as, you, as you're praying. But know that there's power behind what you're doing. Know that there's power behind what you're saying and that God can work in so many different ways. And lastly, I want to leave you with this. It's um, 1 John chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. And it says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from him. So I ask you today, church, what is it in your life that needs to change? What is it that in your life that you just need God to come to your rescue with? Pray to him. Pray to him because he will give you what you need. He will, he will work in so many different ways according to his will. Did you notice that when in Romans, when it talks about the spirit intercedes for us according to his, according to the father's will, what Jesus was asking for when he was in the garden, Lord, let this cup be passed from me, but let your will be done, most importantly. When we pray according to God's will, he hears us, and he answers us. It's not always exactly maybe what we want. Maybe it's not always exactly just the good things in life that we're really hoping for. But when we pray according to his will, he lets us know his will, and he answers us. So that's my charge for you this morning is just to pray and believe that God is going to work. Believe that there's power behind what he does. So with that being said, we can all stand in our...